Hello and welcome to Property Money Trees, Maximising Property Values, the once a month show where I break down the steps of how to recognise, enhance and then extract the values in property in order to create wealth. Would you like to find out how you can benefit from the steps of maximising property values? This is even if you don't own a property yet or have a deposit. If that's a yes, then you're in the right place to find out. My name is Patricia Ogunfaber, and although many know me for my work as a solicitor, on this show you will be getting the benefit of my 30 plus years worth of experience of maximising property values, experience which has given me a net worth in millions. So who might benefit from listening to this show? Literally anyone with an interest in creating property wealth. Welcome back. Um, This month, um, I promised someone that I was going to talk about one of the projects that I've been doing. So um, it's going to be slightly technical with a few numbers, um, but hopefully um, I won't lose anyone (laughs) during my rambling on about this. So this was a two bedroom flat in South Croydon. Um, Normally, there's not much of an uplift from a two to a three bedroom and that is why most people who are into flat alterations will go for a studio to a one bed or a one bed to a two bed but very rarely um, from a two bed to a three bed. Where this particular flat is is actually one of the exceptions where going to a three bed actually does work out. So the flat is in a block that is favoured by retirees um, and it it just seems that they love to have their grandchildren around. So most of them actually want three bedroom flats, hence uh, the idea between turning this two bedroom into a three bedroom, knowing that there's actually a ready market for three bedrooms where the flat is. So um, numbers. The flat itself was um, bought for um, £215,000 with a short lease. So um, I knew that the lease was it would have to be extended. Um, the person who sold the flat um, hadn't owned it for two years, so they couldn't actually... Um, assign a valid section 42 notice to enable me to extend the lease um, uh, um, under the statute and I have actually done a podcast on this where I uh, said that they lost money uh, in in the transaction. I I have no idea why uh, they were in it, Uh, absolutely no idea. Anyway, um, so I spoke to the freeholder knowing that it would have if the lease was going to be extended, you know, in the short term, um, it would have to be done informally or I'd have to wait for two years uh, and do it formally under the statute or wait for the government um, government reforms to come in, which we're still waiting for. Uh, The government has actually done um, or has passed legislation for new leases. The leasehold reform brackets, ground rent, ground rents brackets um, to uh, 2022. Um, So that's the leasehold reform 
brackets ground rents brackets 2022 which comes into effect on the 30th of June 2022 so um and that really only applies to new leases. There are some technicalities. And obviously, if anyone thinks they may be affected or might not be affected, you know, just speak to your solicitor. They'll be able to guide you through um, that. Anyway, um, but that piece of legislation, which says that uh, no lease, no new lease, and any lease that is uh, um, granted after the 30th or from the 30th of June 2022 cannot have a ground rent that exceeds a peppercorn. So again, I've spoken in previous podcasts as to what a peppercorn ground rent is. It literally is just one round literally peppercorn, um, which, as you can well imagine, has very little value um, because you can buy a whole box of peppercorns for, you know, one pound even. And you might have a thousand of, you know, the peppercorns in the box. So how do you value one peppercorn? It is just meant to, to say that you're you're not getting what you're agreeing for free. You're actually giving something in, in return. And even with this peppercorn ground rent, you know, most people will say, um, or most of the leases will say, you know, and if a ground rent of a peppercorn, if demanded, because who's going to ask for a peppercorn? No one really. Anyway, um, so uh, leases from the 30th of June, 2022, new leases cannot um, ask for ground rents above a peppercorn and if they do then that is actually a criminal offence so people have to be very very careful and you know obviously take you know proper uh, advice from your solicitor who will have professional indemnity insurance and who will be able to give you proper advice so anyway so those are my options um, wait for two years and apply to extend the lease formally um under the statute or hopefully you know maybe the government reform sort of kicked in or go you know via an informal route so um i kind of like thought you know what reach out to the freeholders see what they say so they came back and said thirty-five thousand plus costs my surveyor said thirty thousand um, plus costs. So there's a £5,000 difference. Don't quite know what I'm going to do. There's no rush at the moment, even though I do want to sell it. Um, so I'm going to have to make up my mind fairly soon. I think what I'm going to do is just go back to the freeholder and agree um, something with them. Hopefully, um, maybe I can get a couple of thousand pounds off. They might say no. Um, but, you know, if I do want to sell, um, I'm going to have to do something because no one's, you know, it, it's not attractive with a short lease of, I think it's 66 years um, remaining. Anyway, so the first thing that I did in order to refurbish the flat, which was in an absolute state, was to apply to the freeholder to alter um, the flat. So application went in. This is after completion, obviously completion of the sale, uh, uh, the purchase and the sale. 
Um, and they were actually very, very good. Um, within a couple of weeks, they'd come back with the license to alter uh, and their fees were £350. Can't remember whether or not there was VAT on top of that. Um, so some walls were knocked down, non-structural walls in order to make the hallway that much bigger. So the hallway would then become a kitchen um, lounge. Now, because that was done, um, there were some fire um, safety implications and I had to have a sprinkler system installed, um, which was the subject of my podcast last month. So the one that was released on the 1st of June, actually, that reminds me, that was episode 24. Um, So because I do these, these monologues, Um, once a month, um, every month on the first of the month. This is going to be episode 25. So this is the first episode of year three of doing these podcasts. I can't believe that I've been doing them now for two whole years. But anyway, um, so um, the sprinkler system had to be done, but it is looking absolutely good great and there will be some pictures on Instagram um, so if you want to see the pictures you, you just go to property money tree and you will be able to see them they're not on there just yet but they will be uh, this month there are still a few things that need to be done the second fix for the sprinkler system which was so irritating is not going to be done until the 20th of July. So I suspect the pictures will probably come out, you know, after that, maybe some before that, but I doubt, I yeah, probably after the 20th of July, to be honest. Um, so um, all of that was done. So applied to the freeholder to alter, I got the license to alter. And guess what? During the first week of actually doing works, the person next door rang up the managing agent to ask if the freeholder knew that there were works going on in the flat. It's not worth cutting corners. You know, If you're going to do something, just do it well. Because if I'd been looking to do this on the sly, she would have alerted you know, the freeholder to the fact that I was doing stuff in there that perhaps I didn't have permission to do. Um, But the response to her was quite clear. No, the freeholder knows about it. And the freeholder has given permission for the works to, to, to take place. Anyway, the flat was literally, you know, taken back to brick, uh, new um, wiring, new plumbing, new central heating system. There was a central heating system there before, but I ripped it all out, put a new one in there. Um, new bathroom, um, new kitchen, clearly new flooring. The ceiling was dropped down. It had lovely high ceilings, but in order to rewire, um, everyone thought it'd be better to drop the ceiling down and create a new ceiling because the flat is on the second floor of um well it's the top floor of of that particular block and apparently the ceiling is actually concrete so if you start drilling into concrete it cracks apparently well this is what I've been told um so the builder didn't want to do that and I spoke to a couple of people as well and they said yeah it's not a good idea to start you know drilling into concrete especially if it's you know a concrete roof that affects not just the flats in question but other flats as well um so all of that was done um (sighs) 
had to, it had an EPC, well, it has an EPC, I think a D or an E, I can't remember, something really appalling. Um, so um, I've changed all the windows, they're now all double glazed, the boiler's been changed to a condensing boiler, the external walls have all been thermally insulated, um, and what I use is... Um, Celotex, um, so 60 mil of Celotex, which is bonded to 12 and a half mil of plasterboard. So that gives 72.5 mil. So lost roughly about um, 100 mil on each external wall, but the flat is actually really, really big. So it didn't make any difference. In addition, the freeholder apparently had insulated the roof using, I was told, six inches of insulation. Um, so all of these things really ought to get me an EPCC. I've not asked the EPC engineer to come in to assess just yet, um, but I shall let you know once I get to that stage, um, which won't be long, any any moment now. Um, it was um, the central heating pipes when I bought the flat were all um, on the walls because the floors are concrete the ceilings are concrete the walls are quite you know the, the walls are not concrete um but they're quite you know tough so uh, all the pipes were literally just kind of like lining the walls looking extremely ugly um but because we put the um uh, insulation in we were able to dig grooves into them for the pipe work so you can't actually see the pipe work um when you go into a room, it all looks, you know, it, it's all hidden. It's all behind um, the thermal board. So that is also really, really good. Um, but when I uh, wanted to start the works and I was taking um, quotes from people, I had someone quote me £70,000 to do the works that needed to be done. £70,000. Anyway, I, I think I've, it, and that was literally, okay, no, that was that was labour and first fixed materials. So first fixed materials would be like um, the wiring for, um, 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 to carry out a, a complete electrical rewire, um, the pipes for the plumbing, um, but I would have had to have bought all the second fixed stuff. So that would be um, the sockets, the switches, the light fittings, the radiators, um, you know, the kitchen, the bathroom. So the bath, the sink, the toilet, um, LED mirror, um, extractor. I would have still you know, the tiles, all of those things, um, underfloor heating I would have still had to pay for all of those um, and the guy that I got to do it, it did it for substantially less um, I think his fees um, I think in all because there were a few changes and some extra money was added but I think they're still coming in at coming in at within 35,000 pounds but that is labour only um, and the extra materials probably your know, first fixed materials so the pipes and the wires electrical wires um, um, probably let me think probably about five thousand pounds for those um, so all in all probably about forty thousand pounds to the seventy thousand pounds that I was quoted um, it's not 
been plain sailing, not completely. And I've had a number of battles with the builder, whom I have used before. He is actually very, very good. And he's very, very fast and very reliable as well. But um, like with all builders, when they start a job, they're really, really keen. But the longer they get into the job, they start, they start... Uh, uh, convincing themselves really that um, they're going to lose money on the job if they don't leave the very next day. Um, so they, they start to rush, they want to cut corners and that is where you need to really just stand firm and say no. Um, so I've had a couple of things ripped out and redone um, and um, they were not happy at all. And then, you know, on one occasion, because they, they were laying the floor in an H pattern so you know just just google it you know h flooring or laminate flooring h pattern or brickwork pattern which i absolutely hate i prefer that my laminate to be laid in a, you know a random uh, fashion um so that so there's no real repeat um to the pattern i just like it all random anyway um and um as I, as I said, you know, the, this guy has actually done work for me before. He knows that I don't like, you know, the H pattern. Um, but anyway, he'd laid it and I didn't get there on the day that he started laying the flooring until about maybe about one o'clock. And he'd done quite a bit. And I said, I am so sorry, but no, you have to rip this all up and do it again. Um which he wasn't happy um, with. Um, in the end, you know, I had to agree an extra £200 for him to do that. Um, but he did do it. And I'm really, really pleased with how the flooring looks at the moment. Um, but the point of this is, you know, there's no wrong or right way of doing things. But if you are, you know, for me, the most joy that I get out of doing, you know, these refurbs is the finished product. And if I walk into something that's just been refurbished for me or, you know, where the work's been done, but it's my refurbishment and something irritates me, it's just going to take the pleasure away from what I've been doing. You know, when we do these things, they're not easy to do and they are expensive to do. So the least that we can get out of them is satisfaction and enjoyment because we, when we look at what we've done, we say, yes, I'm happy with this. And I know that, you know, some people might, you know, listen to me saying this and say, well, you're not going to live there you know, why are you so fussed about, you know, things like that? But it's not, it's not about me not living there because every single project that I do, I do to my own standards as if I am going to be living there. And it's a business model that actually works for me. There's nothing that I've done since I gave up the law that I wouldn't be happy to live in myself. And so that's, that's just that. And after all, these are my projects. If I can't do them the way that I want them, what is the point of me doing it? I'm not a builder. I do this for the for the pleasure of turning these ugly homes into beautiful homes. Now, if I don't think the home is beautiful because something is actually irritating me, I'd be failing. And that's and that's not why I'm I, I'm in this game. Anyway, so it's just been little things like that. Um it, <laughs> Lot, 
some things, you know, I, 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 I just thought, you know, I'm not even going to argue about that because, you know, it's okay. Um, other things, you know, like the aesthetics, I've had to literally just say, I'm sorry, no. Well, and and in fact, one of them was actually my mistake because um, I'd done this bathroom and I wanted it to be completely minimalist, really minimalist. And it's so difficult sometimes to keep things really simple because it's so easy to, you know, put a splash of this there or a splash of that there. And I wanted to keep it just simple and 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 just pristine anyway um so most of the bathroom was going to be like in white tiles and i had black trim and i remember walking in one day and i saw the black trim against the white tile and i thought it looks nice but it's not giving me that very simple and subtle look and effect that I'm after. So I had the guys rip it out. He wasn't happy about that, but he didn't charge me any extra. And then I had to then go and look for white trim, which I've never used before. Um, so there was lots of white plastic trim, which I didn't want because that tends to uh, lose color. Um, but I was able to find white aluminium trim in the end and it wasn't cheap uh, anyway but it the bathroom has the look that I wanted it to have so again that is something that I'm, I'm I'm actually quite happy about and quite pleased about very very simple the sophistication of the bathroom is so subtle now again the market that I'm aiming at is um middle class um retired people they're usually quite discerning and i really do hope that you know that what i've done is going to be to their liking what else can i say about this project oh the kitchen oh my goodness so um ordered my kitchen um i got the kitchen there uh, some doors were the wrong colour. <laughs> oh my gosh. But these are things that happen on all projects. I've I've never ever done a project that has gone um, 100% according to plan, ever. I've never ever had one of those. There's always something that goes wrong. But do you know what? Things go wrong and you deal with them you sort them out you like with me and the wrong colored doors I took them back and got the right colored doors okay fine that set me back a, a bit because uh, right now actually my builders left to go and start another job he said oh you haven't got the materials when you get when you've got all of the materials call me and I will come and finish the job even though he broke my bathroom mirror and swears blind it was delivered to him broken but again these are one of the things that you encounter with you know when you're doing you know these things what is you know what's to be done um 
but yeah, I'm really, really happy about it, you know, and despite, you know, the ups and downs that I've had with the project, I'm very, very happy. So, you know, I'll, I'll post pictures on Instagram. And if anyone wants to ask me, you know, any uh, detailed questions about, you know, this podcast, you know, come into one of the rooms, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm involved in on Clubhouse and ask those questions. And I'll be more than happy to answer uh, your questions. Um, um, at the moment, it, it seems as if the value of the flat is £375,000, roundabouts um, uh, that figure. Once all the works are done, I will get agents in. I'm going to get three of them in and two of them will be instructed on the sale. Um, but it's looking to be a really good one. It's another flat that I got off of Rightmove. Um, like I said, bought it for two fifteen. Um, stamp duty and other costs, probably another ten thousand um, pounds. The labour, um, builder labour, and first fixed materials, probably about forty, forty, forty odd thousand pounds. Um, and then second fixed materials and, you know, all of that stuff and the mist system, I'm thinking probably another £10,000. So looking at maybe about 50000 altogether on that uh, side of things and then um, £35,000 to extend the lease, you know, you can do the sums. It's a really, really good deal. Um yeah, and like I said, you know, it, I got that from Right Move. There are deals to be had if you know how to actually find them. Um, and I do a workshop on on this. Um, the next one is in November, um, two days in November. Um, but um, details are on my link tree. You know, if people are interested in that, you know, the whole workshop is how you can actually find deals and how you can get good deals, you, you know, simply and fast. And the, and the simplest way and, and, and the quickest way to get these is if you use the sales portals. So right move Zoopla on the market. That's where I got this one, right move. See you next month.